Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that is getting ready. I've been seeing people tweeting, Pickle. Mm-hmm. About like, oh man, I got to figure out what I'm doing for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I stay ready. My name's Greg Tepper. Help me. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on TexasFootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, all of the places, or it's just in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hi, Hello, friends. Ashley Pickle. We're almost there. Miss 305. We're almost there. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. Oh, it's 112222. Oh, wow. Numbers. Numbers. Uh, two days till Thanksgiving. Two days till Thanksgiving. Uh, ep- uh, happy birthday to Mark Ruffalo. And here to play older or younger than Tepper with is Ashley Pickle. Mark Ruffalo, older or younger than Tepper. I'm going to go younger since the person mm. yesterday was older. Mark Ruffalo turns 55 today. Well, I again, I think you're old as dirt, so. I think Mark Ruffalo's looking pretty good for 55. Yeah. Good for him. Episode 1503. On today's show, folks, big show, we're going to count down the five biggest college football moments from the weekend. Then we'll be joined by Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, uh, to talk a little Texas High School Football Playoffs. Back half the show, we'll roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. So you don't want to miss any of that. So make sure you're doing the thing you're doing now, which is watching this or listening to this. So stay tuned. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was, oh goodness, hang on. Uh, Nick Morton, Tony Blaylock, Aaron Arbuckle, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, um, Tanner Mordecai is going to turn pro. There you go. He's going right. to walk at senior day and turn pro after the season. All right, Pickle. Let's get to the top five college football moments of the weekend. It was an eventful weekend of college football across the state of Texas. We have gone through and narrowed down the five biggest moments of the college football weekend, which really shaped what the whole weekend was about. We will start 
with number five. For the win, Keller knocks it in. And for the first time since October 8th, the Bobcats are back in the win column at the gun. They beat the Red Wolves 16-13, third straight win over Arkansas State for this Bobcat program. Texas State back in the win column. Dubs. After comeback against Arkansas State. You feel good for for Texas State. There's not a ton to play for at the moment. They are uh, four and seven. They're not going to go bowling. But this is a team that was down uh, that was down ten three, um, and then they were down. Uh, you know they were down or yeah the ten three. They were down ten three at one point. Stormed back, tied the game on a long touchdown run, a long touchdown drive. Came back, took the lead. Arkansas State tied it, and then they were able to come back, drive down the field, uh, and get a... Uh, there was one big roughing the passer penalty, which helped them uh, kind of add on 15 yards, but uh, they earned it down the wire. Lane Hatcher led them down, led them down the, 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 the field for a game-winning field goal there uh, by Seth Keller, and Texas State gets the win. Now, is this going to be enough to save our friend Jake Spavitol's job? I'm I'm yeah, I skeptical. I really honestly don't know how to answer that question. Like I truly <sighs> my my really my don't. gut feeling, my gut feeling. I don't have any inside information I would right. tell you if I did. Uh, my gut feeling is no. My I, gut feeling is this is the end of the road. I would agree with that. But uh, at least they but got there's a night. still games left to be played is the reason yeah. why that I'm I don't think they're going to fire him this week. Edge, I don't think they're going to fire him this week. They close out the season this week against um Louisiana who is, um, a, I mean, that's a winnable game for them. Mm-hmm. If they're able to do that, close it out with two wins, uh, back-to-back wins, that would be a really nice kind of flurry at the end to finish 5-7. and seven. Um, I'm not sure it's going to be enough for Jake Spavital, but we will see. Regardless, it was good to see Texas State get back in the win column. Number four! Sanders in motion. Robinson. Follow his blockers, reversing field. Robinson, stutter step. Robinson turns on the Jets, and Robinson is in. Touchdown number four for Bijan Robinson. Now you see me. Now you don't. You can't catch him. 32 yards. Just, just a pleasure to watch. Watch him press this. Patient, press it. I'm not panicking. I'm square. I'm protecting the football. I've had issues with that earlier. And then just don't speed at the end of it. Finishes the deal. Career high, 230. B. John Robinson's career day powers Texas past Kansas. Uh, has to feel good for them to get a little bit of revenge over Kansas. Uh, Bijan Robinson goes for 243 and four touchdowns. It is his career high, I want to say. Yeah, it's career high in rushing, uh, career high in rushing touchdowns. Uh, it was spectacular. Uh, he's the one who was promised. I mean, I, was he, <laughs> I hope that Texas fans are enjoy watching him because the, this is he's going to play two more games. Yeah, he's he's, gonna, he's leaving. He has to. <laughs> he's going to play he's, this, he's and special. he might play a bowl game, and then that's it. And that's a might. You know? Um. He's a, I mean, the the records are not going to show it because he was injured at the end of last year, and I don't know if they used him enough this year, to be quite frank. 
Um, but that guy is, as far as pure talent is concerned, he belongs in that upper echelon of Texas running backs. Oh, yeah. Right? Which is a prestigious group. I'm not saying he's Ricky Williams. Um, but I'm saying he's like Jamal Charles. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's really good. And it, it, they're going to end up, unfortunately for them, for Texas, they're going to end up not having a ton to show for having a transcendent running back. Um, the future is very bright. They've got plenty of other guys. Jaden Blue got in this game. Uh, Jonathan Brooks scored a touchdown. Mr. Texas football. Um, there's a lot to like about Texas moving forward. Uh, but I think they're going to look back on having B. John Robinson as a relatively missed opportunity, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion. So, But huge game against Kansas. Number three. 35 TDs. They're going to put a lot of points up. So will Incarnate Word. The Cardinals out of San Antonio. The most intriguing team. America wants to see what's up with this team. Will the offense get it done? They average 51 points a game. They're pass happy down there for head coach G.J. Uh, G. Kenny, but they score 50 points a game, and Lindsey Scott, their quarterback, is a stud at that position. 50 touchdowns for Lindsey Scott. Incarnate Word makes history with national FCS seed. For the first time, the Cardinals of Incarnate Word are national seeded in the FCS ranks. Uh, so what does this mean? This means, first, they're going to buy. Mm-hmm. Big, big advantage for them. Big advantage. Secondly, they're going to get a home game. Mm-hmm. Okay, They're going to get to host whoever they play, whether it be Elon or Furman. Okay? Elon or Furman, they're wait, they're waiting for the winner of Elon and Furman. That's Elon and Furman. Two very two, notable programs. Two programs I mean, that are real programs. That's those are household names right there. We play one another, and they'll get to host them before they probably fire a betting man. And say they play Sacramento State. That's when you're going to get to like the national seeding round, mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, look, Incarnate Word's dangerous. That offense, Leslie Scott Jr. and and, and just the way that the way that that offense is uh, is humming. Uh, I am a believer in this team, and I think they've got an opportunity to make some uh, make some uh, a deep run. Well, Leslie and Scott I was going to say, I mean, take this all in because the way like the mo the huge shift that GJ Kinney has made. Lindsey Scott Jr. I said Leslie. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know how long he'll be there because his name is oh, yeah. already starting to go out oh, yeah. for much bigger jobs in in higher conferences, and it's like, man, he's special. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun ride, and if you have not seen Incarnate Word, this gives you an opportunity to see them. They would play. Uh, it would be next weekend, so they're not playing this weekend, but it would be like December third. Mm-hmm. They pro- they play at uh, at three o'clock. So keep an eye on that one. We will be all over that one on TexasFootball.com. Number two. <laughs> Shuck, little fade, caught, touchdown, what a play, Baylor Cup with the grab. Red Raiders late heroics get them bowl eligible. So the beginning of the year, before the year, here at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, talking with Mike Craven, talking with the college guys, you know, the, the, the ROF folks. You know, I want to say it's it's um it's Ishmael and I want to say Mindy. Mm, sounds right. Okay, uh, talking with them, we liked a lot of what Tech had, but the schedule was brutal. 
Oh, yeah. Schedule was absolutely brutal. And so even though what we kept saying in the in the offseason was we like tech, but it's hard to find six wins. Mm-hmm. I don't care who the coach is at that point. It's, it's hard to, find, hard six to find six wins. For them to get to a bowl in this season is a minor miracle, in my opinion. It goes back to that win over Texas. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Well, and the other thing is, too, you've got to remember that McGuire is doing this without any really of his recruits nope. in. And None we of his know guys. we know what he's doing on the recruiting trail right yeah. now. This goes back to this really like all this sparks from the fact that they were able to beat Houston and they were able to beat Texas in overtime, both in overtime. Um getting off getting those two wins in your pocket allowed you to cough it up against Baylor, to lay an egg against Baylor, quite quite frankly. Mm-hmm. It allowed you to make up for the fact that TCU's a lot better than we thought they would be. We thought that that game at TCU was like a coin flip type game. It ended up not being a coin flip type game, even though it ended up playing pretty closely. And for me, for them to be at this point, to be heading into a winnable game against OU, in my opinion, a winnable game in which I think they are... Only two point underdogs, and have an opportunity to go seven and five. In what is really kind of in, in a year one, a it's a, it, it is a really impressive story considering the schedule, considering what we saw at the beginning. I mean, they ended up playing six teams who were ranked when they played them. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Well, and, the, and I mean, we've talked about it all year long, too. The other thing that I feel like they've really done and what Joey has really instilled there or installed there was the fact that they're showing anyone that they're not scared to take chances. They're, no. they're, they are the crazy man in the fight, and that's been the mantra that they've had all season long, and it's worked. I mean, they lead the nation in going forward on fourth down. Like, uh, no, why not? <laughs> they do not lead the nation. They lap the field. Field, oh, yeah. Okay. They have uh, – so second most is – the second most tied for second most are Baylor, Navy, and Northwestern, mm-hmm. who've all gone for it 36 times. Tech has gone for it 45 times. So, anyway. There but, is a substantial difference. But there. Tech is bowl eligible. That would be the biggest moment of the weekend if it weren't for number one. Third down, another run. De Mercado. Going to get on the field. Yeah, he got a hustle here. A run. And now it's a total scramble. Emergency mode for the unbeaten Horn Frogs. Hypnotoad in a hurry. Griffin Kell for the win. TCU is undefeated still. Sonny Dykes just in. That is a walk-off, really a runoff for the ages. Fire drill field goal is perfect TCU's latest magic act. (sighs) 
so in hearing from Sonny Dykes after the game, they obviously they practice that every every team in America practices that the fire drill field goal, and he mentioned, I think it was in the post game press conference, he mentioned that they feel like they need twelve seconds, but they practice it with eleven. Mm-hmm. They practice it with eleven seconds. That like. 11 seconds is cutting it real close, and you're going to need a friendly clock operator to get it off. But they practice it with 11 seconds. They need 12. They had 16. Mm-hmm. Let's recognize one thing here. If they don't get that field goal off, or if they miss the field goal, right? Sonny Dykes is getting roasted right, right now. because you have 16 full seconds to set up a play. I'll go a step further. Mm-hmm. They run the ball on first down with Amari DiMarcato mm-hmm. and spike it on second down. So it's third down with like 23 seconds or whatever it started mm-hmm. with. They run the ball on third down. There are a lot of football teams that would screw that up, Mm -hmm. including one that plays in Arlington Mm -hmm. and maybe did something similar in a playoff game. Mm -hmm. That's all I was thinking watching that. I was like, Yes, trust me. I I was having. This was (laughs) an extremely risky move. Like, it worked, so we're not going to talk about that. Right. But it was because if you cost yourself a spot in the college football playoff because you decide to run the ball instead of throw the ball to pick up three or four extra yards for a field goal, who boy. But it worked. But it worked. And so it's all sunshine and daffodils. Um, It's a gutsy call. And you've got it like you've got to trust your guys to be able to go out there and get it. So I guess what he's thinking is maybe we can get the first down, mm-hmm. right? Maybe we can get the first down. Clock stops while they move the chains. We spike it. We kick the field goal. That's what he's thinking. But you have got to have everybody on red alert of saying, if we do not get the first down, we are in full scramble mode. Give a lot of credit to the kicker, Garrett Kell. Who banged it through? Who even they? He even had like, if you watch it, he has like one second to like take a deep breath mm-hmm. before it goes. I didn't catch the holder's number, but give a lot of credit to him because he's like the captain of that unit. Right, he's the holder. Give a lot of credit to them. It, uh, it's wild. They, it really is. They, Do you realize TV? they they uh, like? I don't. This is gonna sound like. I'm talking mad about that talking bad about TCU but they just keep getting away with it. They do. They just keep getting away with it. Now, Which, what do you and by the way, I imagine if you're a TCU fan, yeah, they don't ask how, they ask how many and they put every one of them in the, in the right-hand column. Um the other thing, like I imagine if I'm a TCU fan, I would love to just go out there and just kick somebody's rear end. Mm-hmm. I would love to go out there and win a game 56-10. Like this week they got Iowa State Iowa State's not very good. They should beat Iowa State. Iowa State's got nothing to play for. But you know what this game's going to be? It's going to be like 31-30, and TCU's going to have to throw a Hail Mary to win it. Because that's the way it's gone. But 
a little bit of magic in Fort Worth right now. They have been our number one play for I know for a fact at least three weeks in a row. I try at not to be that weeks. way. Oh yeah, no, but it, but it's how are you not going to? This was like national news. How do you not put that as the top one? It's crazy. It's remarkable. They're, They're, TCU fans are going, we don't want to be in the top five plays of the week. They are. Four, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if you guys had no notable plays and it was 56-7 and we were just like, hey, congratulations. congratulations. Yep. See you at the Big 12 championship game. Yep. But no, probably next week we'll be talking about a, some hook and ladder. Anyway, it's our number one play of the week. We're Texas Football tonight. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. And now, a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR Now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR Now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's welcome in our world-traveling friend. He's the voice of the Texas Longhorns. Uh, you can hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday at, uh, from 10 to noon with Jeff Howe. You can also uh, see him on High School Scoreboard Live coming up this Saturday uh, on Valley Sports Southwest. And he'll be on the call for Carthage and Gilmer Friday night on Valley Sports Southwest. We are joined by our friend Craig Way. Craig, I have an honest question because I do not know the answer to this. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm back home. Okay. I'm back at, back in Austin and got in late, 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 late last night from South Texas, which by the way, in this season of Thanksgiving, yes. let me offer my Thanksgivings to you and to pickle for pointing me in the direction of Costa Mesa, ah. the, uh, the, the Tex-Mex restaurant there in McAllen because it was nothing short of outstanding. That's why I sent the photo. Uh, I did not do the batana platter because there were only two of us and it would take an army to eat that. But but I did go with the uh, the Tampa Canyon fajitas and uh, and and the enchiladas and that was that was tremendous. So so yes, I'm back home now. But uh, I did enjoy that and there was basketball last night in the valley. A uh, first time ever a Texas long Longhorn team had played in the Rio Grande Valley. Maybe this is year. For the first time ever, we get a Valley team in a 5A state championship game. Uh, that's uh, It could be. It could be, considering there are a, uh, a handful of teams still alive for that honor. Um, okay, so I want to look back on the area round, and specifically uh, like kind of the first two rounds of the playoffs. I've got three teams 
in mind here that I want to get your read on as far as has your opinion of them or how has your opinion on them changed through the first two rounds of the playoffs. We'll start with the team in your neck of the woods, and that is the Lake Travis Cavaliers. How has your view of the Cavs changed maybe over the last couple of weeks? You know, the weird thing is, uh, Tep, I did not think that it was possible for me to have an elevated – to elevate my level of respect for Hank Carter and his staff. I've always respected what they've done in the, in the championships and the way they built their program. But what they did this year to cobble together, I thought, that, you know, midway through the season, it looked like a lost season, especially after the loss to Dripping Springs. I mean, I thought, okay, they're going to get in the playoffs, but they're – you know, I can't see them even winning their by district playoff game. Uh, it was a tough deal, but uh, they managed to put enough square pegs in square holes and round pegs and round holes, although they were going well into the color chart on down to find it to make it work. And uh, I, I had a Hank on my show this morning talking about it, and I said, has this season become more special to you than perhaps we thought? given the team was five and four going into the playoffs. And he said, yeah, but given, he said, I, I, I've never been more proud of a group of guys who just kind of grit their teeth and, and say, no, this, you know, we're not letting this group down. We're going to find a way to win this game. And they did against Steele. Now they, now they face a, I think an even bigger challenge for Brennan, even though Brennan's only loss was to Steele, but that was August 27th when that happened by one point. So, you know, uh, I, I, come away very impressed with what that coaching staff has done to hold that group together when they had so many guys go down with injuries, including the quarterback, for multiple weeks, lose avenues, multiple quarterbacks, and plugging in guys where they weren't suited to play, and not just a quarterback, but at other spots. So yeah, I've, I've been pretty impressed with what they've done. Another team that is through to the regional semifinals that is um, that maybe we had some questions heading into the playoffs was uh, we'll go to DFW. We'll talk about the South Oak Cliff Golden Bears, the defending 5A Division II state champs. Uh, we certainly had questions about them, especially on one side of the ball. They're now through to the regional semifinals. Has your opinion on the Golden Bears changed at all over the last couple of weeks? Maybe this is why Jason Todd wears all those white warm-ups and stuff for pulling a Lazarus-style, uh, you know, rebirth of this team from 0-3 and looking really, really unfit and unprepared to play. What a job he's done to get them to remember who they are and say, hey, we are the Mecca. We are supposed to be better than this. And getting kids who, I don't know, uh, to quote Mike Gundy, whenever somebody asks him about another team, the Oklahoma State coach, his quick response is, I don't know, I'm not in their camp. Okay, uh, but I'm uh, not being in the South Oak Cliff camp. I can tell you this: he clearly got some guys who might not have believed enough that they could do the things that they're capable of doing, like they did in 2021 and 2022, to get it turned around. So yeah, two two reclamation jobs, changing on the fly in midseason. Those two teams you mentioned, Lake Travis and South Oak Cliff. Uh, and, and finally, I'll ask you about this at the 4A level. I want to talk about Anna, because Anna's a team that they've been excellent all year long, t- obviously undefeated through the regular season. But last week against Stephenville, it did feel like a, 
Uh, let's call it a pedigree disparity between those two programs. Um, yeah. Has your opinion on the Anna Coyotes now heading into another matchup, which one would call a pedigree disparity against the Salina Bobcats, has your opinion on the Anna Coyotes changed at all? Well, it has in the respect I, I now I'm going to stop being stunned by some of the things they've done because you, you guys got a chuckle at us. I know Aaron Hardigan did when we kept pulling up highlights or scores and winning games. And my only response was to continue to say, Anna? Anna? <laughs> and, and, and they kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And now I'm seeing when they have a must-level strike offense, they do it. And, uh, and when they have to absolutely get a stop, they do it. So I'm going to stop being shocked about it with what they're capable of doing, uh, no matter what happens from here on out. Great job up there. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun to see. Talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation in hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig. Um, you know, one of the one of the remarkable statistics that came out last week, and, and, and uh, credit to Jay Plotkin, our friend at the Lake Travis View, for this, um, that Lake Travis is now 7-0 and all-time against teams that they have, uh, that when they're facing them a second time uh, in a season, which is a, a rather remarkable stat uh, in a lot of ways. There's one other game that I I know is a is a uh, or, or that I believe has an opportunity to flip the script. We talked about Anna and and Salina. Uh, that is a rematch from earlier this year. Uh, we've already seen that. Um, when you talk about we're getting to the time of year where there are, there's other games, uh, including uh, you, you talk about down in in District 13, 4A Division Two, with Wimberley playing Gerald and Lago Vista uh, taking on Geronimo uh, Navarro. When it comes to a second time around, and we are seeing a, a decent number of rematches, um, how do you kind of factor that in whenever you're tr- figuring out exactly how you think these games are going to go? Well, it, it, no better example than the district you just pulled up because you have two head-to-heads there in 13-4 AD2. One, two, three, and four all that reached the Sweet 16. And we've seen it before, saw it a couple of years ago in the district with Franklin and Buffalo and Rogers and Lexington. We saw that a, a couple of years ago. Uh, and this is not the only district that's happened to this year. That said, then you start looking to use your word again at the pedigree level and where things are. And then you kind of draw your conclusions. And I was fascinated to see what our good friend Jerry Forrest and Pigskin Prep, what the computer said about it. Because the computer, as you might imagine, says Wimberley should handle Cheryl, and they did, and then some, the first meeting, and I think the computer says the Texans by like 25 or something like that, and I don't think anybody would be surprised by that that's going out to Gupton Stadium to see that on Friday evening if that indeed takes place. It's the other game that has uh, folks looking at going, hmm, remember Lago Vista actually finished third in that district, Navarro the two seed. And the computer, I think, likes Lago by 11 or something like that going into that. Those two are very, very, very close. And Lago is another one of those programs, Tep, that deserves a tip of the cap like Dripping Springs, like several others that we've seen step up and deliver in a higher classification. So for Lago, for their first 4A uh, into 4A, they've done, a, they've done a heck of a job with that. That could wind up being the best game of the weekend in a game of great, uh, uh, a weekend of great ball games. Which leads to one final thing here, Tep. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, on, on this Thanksgiving weekend, there's one other thing to be thankful for. For folks who don't know this, 
Tepper and I, you know, sometimes we'll text about certain matchups and this and that. And we got to going about 100 miles an hour this morning about, ooh, oh, what this matchup be great. Wow, wouldn't this quarterfinal be great? Wow, how about this semifinal? Could you see this? You know, could you see possibly a Gunner Canadian Part 100? You know, all of this other kind of stuff. And and then I thought, wait a minute, oh, ho, 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 ho. We've got some great matchups this weekend. So I'm going to be thankful for the matchups we have this weekend. And then I'll get all excited like we were doing this morning next week when we get to quarterfinals. That's true. Our phones were buzzing. Uh, it's Keith Craigway. He's Texas High School Ball Hall of Famer. You can hear him on the call. Carthage and Gilmer. Friday night, Valley Sports Southwest, 6 o'clock kick. Uh, he will be there. You can hear him on the horn in Austin uh, and then see him on High School Scoreboard Live on Valley Sports Southwest on uh, on Saturday. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving, and I will see you on Friday. Yeah, listen, uh, happy Thanksgiving. And I know someone in that building is excited about that matchup involving, you know, uh, uh, you know, Yellow Jackets and Cobras this weekend. Mm-hmm. Playing on Thanksgiving, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. It should be fun between Vanderbilt Industrial and whoever they're playing. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate your time. <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, All right. Craig. <laughs> you too. There he goes. Craig Way, the Texas High Football Hall of Famer. Join us here every Tuesday on Texas of Football Today. I and should yeah. have had the Lano screenshot pulled up, you but also- I don't need to show that anymore because I'm terrified that you're going to be the reason that Lano loses. You also week. you also should have had the, the 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 photo that Craig sent us last night. Last night when we went to Costa Mesa. Yes. Oh okay. man. Yeah. No. Yeah. I should have. Yeah. We he they was down there because so uh, UT was playing a basketball game against somebody else like Northern Arizona or something like that. But they played it at UTRGV just as kind of like their kind of you know preseason tour and stuff like or like a non conference tour stuff like that. And so he got to go down to Edinburgh and like he went to Mc, he went to the one in McAllen. yeah he went to the one in McAllen. Yeah. And so we were uh, we were relatively jealous. Anyway, Very jealous. we appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Oh, pickle. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving candidates for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. Let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 13 Derry Max Built with Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. How about McKinney Office Coordinator Rowdy Harper? The Lions offense ignited for 348 yards, including uh, including five total touchdowns from quarterback Keldrick Luster in a 42-7 win over Dallas Jesuit. Abilene defensive coordinator James Williamson, the Eagles stifled Red Oak, holding the uh, Hawks to just 84 total yards and four first downs in a dominating 35-0 victory. Georgetown offensive coordinator Ricky Beatty. Weston Bruce threw for 385 yards and four touchdowns, and Andrew Petter added three rushing touchdowns as the Eagles, in the Eagles 55-22 win over Magnolia West. And finally, Alamo Heights defense coordinator Jordan Ricker. The Mules shut down Gregory Portland's offense and held them scoreless in, until the final minutes in a 31-8 win. So those are your Week 13 Derry Max Built with Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. One last thing to do today, Mademoiselle Pickle. We got two more things. Two more things to do this week today, Mademoiselle Pickle. And that is to roll out the Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week. We scour the internet. We scour the globe for the biggest Texas high school football plays of the week. We throw them together into a 
well-edited piece of media that we will share with you now. Here they are. The Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week of the Area Round, presented by our friends at Body Armor. Very impressive. Maybe he'll be able to hit one of those later on tonight. He's very athletic, obviously. Serrano's punt received at the 41-yard line. Good return. Really good return. Cutting it inside. Farrakhan is going to go. Touchdown, Highlanders. Touchdown, Highlanders. Quan Farrakhan. 59-yard return. And it's going to be a second and six here for... Crippen is going to look to throw right side. Looks for his man. Caught. I'm not sure he kept his feet in bounds. Let's see what the referee says. It's caught towards the end zone. Touchdown. One to the right. A handoff. This one goes to Williams. He's going to break through. Scampering down the right side. He's got blockers in front of him. He's at the 20. Breaking through. He's in for the touchdown. Vertical. And AMs may have been offside. Flag. Free play. Caught at the 20. To the 10. And in for the touchdown. This is medicals. Davis drops. Firing. End zone. Looking for Banks. He's got him for the touchdown. 21 yards from Jordan Davis to Jacoby Banks. It open over the middle. I'm sure Westfield sees that. This will be Atkins on first down. Atkins now cuts back to the right side. Atkins across midfield. It's a foot race inside the 30, the 20, the 10. Into the end zone. Touchdown. Mustangs. Wilson will be the snapper. From 35 yards out, Hunter Real for the win. It's long enough, and it is good! It's good! Hunter Real for the win! Lake Travis is moving on to the regionals. Lampert takes a snap. Fires it to his man. He's got him, and he goes up, and he gets it for the touchdown! Touchdown, Yellow Jackets! Ten in Washington, Caleb and Jacob. Butler to throw, right side. Corey Watson, touchdown. Looking to throw. He's going deep over the middle, and it is. Caught. Touchdown, Port Arthur Memorial. Oh, what a catch. The Titans have made it a one-point game in the closing moments. Caleb Goody. There it is. Dave Campbell's Texan Live Top 10 Plays of the Week presented by the Body Armor. If you've got a play that you want to be considered for the Top 10 Plays of the Week, tweet to us. Hashtag DCTF Top 10. All right, now we have one last thing to do today, Pickle. Thank you. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Year. Coach, yeah, that too. The Coach of the Week Award. Eventually, uh, it leads up exactly. to that. Exactly. <laughs> each coach, each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 13. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Dave Handel from Tomball. First-year head coach Handel and Tomball are at it again after going into the playoffs with a little fanfare for the second straight year. The Cougars are on another magical run after stunning previously unbeaten New Caney, 16-15. In 5A, Kelly Lee from Brownsville Veterans Memorial. Second-year head coach Lee has brought his ground strike offense to the RGV from eastern New Mexico and is putting up eye-popping numbers, rolling up 744 yards of offense in a 74-59 win over Victoria West. In 4A, Randy Smith from Silsby. 
Coach Smith has the Tigers roaring at 12-0 on the year after a 34-0 area round win over Smithville. It's the first time since 1971 that Silsby has won 12 games in a season. In 3A, Craig Smith from Hitchcock. Coach Smith's Bulldogs looked dead in the water Friday night, trailing Woodville by 17 points at halftime, but the Bulldogs put together a sensational second-half effort to rally for a 36-31 win to advance to the regional semifinals. In 2A, Benny Hewitt from Chilton. Coach Hewitt's unbeaten Pirates continued the magical 2022 run on Friday night with a dominant 47-8-7 win over Brackettville. In 1A, Tyler Goodwin from Nazareth. Coach Goodwin's Swifts left no doubt in their area-round matchup with Spring Lake Earth, toppling the Wolverines 62-28 to become the only district runner-up to advance to the uh, six-man regional final. And the private school ranks Aaron Beck from Fort Worth All Saints. Coach Beck's Saints flipped the script on district rival Argyle Liberty Christian, avenging a 31-0 loft to the Warriors just three weeks prior with a 37-20 win. Over the tap in the Taps Division Two quarterfinals. So those are your Week 13 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Weeks. Congratulations to all the coaches and thank you for what you do for players, schools, and communities. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. Let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, coming up next, two o'clock. Wherever you're watching this, WTF. It is probably the biggest show that we have done in WTF history because we're breaking down Houston today. Um, Who are you talking to? Uh, our very own Trevor Bullard. Oh, wow. Finally, Trevor, Trevor Bullard, Bullard on Women Talking Football. You'll love to see it. I love it. I love it. So, we're yeah, we're excited. But actually, we're throwing out all of our normal things we do. We've got like a big episode planned. We're not doing oh. what we usually do. We oh. were, we're switching it up. We've added a lot of new stuff. We're going to do that for DFW and Houston. So, two more regions left, and we threw everything away. We're going, we're going off the rails. So, tune in. It'll be a big one. We're excited. You know I don't like change. Well, yeah. Go on. No, finish your thought. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to the Hall of Famer Craig Way for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tupper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for the Thanksgiving Spectacular on Texas Football Today.